This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, debuting right here on Twitch. We are very, very excited to be here today. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh, Alexa Bliss, you don't have to put on the red light. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. We are here to talk about so much craps. And yes, if you're joining us in the live stream, you may have noticed we're somewhere new. Mm-hmm. The, the curtains have changed in the old room here. That's right. We're no longer doing this live on YouTube. We are doing this live on Twitch. We're twitching. Oh, my God. It's we're, so we're, long coming. You guys have no idea how much planning has gone into uh, to this kind of thing. It's a big deal, and there's a lot of reasons why we jumped from YouTube, and we I outlined all of those over in the Facebook discussion group. Uh, so you can go watch that live stream where we did a big Q and A and all that kind of good yep. stuff. But I'm so excited you guys are here. You found us over, uh, found your way over to Twitch to uh, to join us. The chat is lively as hell already. Yeah, uh, what's up, everybody? In absolutely chat? love it. How you doing, guys? Uh, you're gonna notice some new things here, such as the new intro. Hope you all enjoyed that sort of mega intro of all of our bumpers <laughs> that we've collected over the years. Super cut. Uh, we're going to be doing things a little bit different today, um, but Ian, I'm just going to rush through the housekeeping real quick. Uh, I, I just want to go over a little bit of the logistics because this is our first time sort Ooh. of doing this. Uh, okay. Normally, we would stop the stream and start a new one over on YouTube to jump from this show to the patron mailbag, but we will not be doing that today on Twitch. We will simply be putting up a sort of intermission banner, give everybody a quick 10-minute break, go grab a fresh drink, take a quick bio, and then we're going to jump straight into the patron mailbag episode this mm. afternoon. So do not bail at the end of the show because we will be staying right on this exact stream while we're putting while we're doing the patron mailbag. So what you're saying, Nick, is instead of doing two shows on Saturday, we're now doing one long three-and-a-half-hour stream yep. every Saturday over here on Twitch as well as our Tuesday show at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Twitch as well. That's wild. That's, That's wild. How, how can they find us on Twitch if they're not currently in the chat? Well, if they're not in the chat and you're listening to this on audio sometime mm. later, you're missing out on the fun, number one. Come join us. Number well, two, head over to twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open. Uh, you'll find links to that pinned across our social media profiles. Or, hey, just come search for Busted Wide Open over at Twitch. And you can find us. We're on. We can get that on a mobile app. You can get it on your phones, on desktop. There's a client, an installable client, if you really want that. All kinds of ways to get over here to us. Plus, there's so many more ways you can interact with the show that will be coming live. And guess what? We brought what? the old tip jar back. Oh, and just like I buddy. expected him to, Kyle, line drive himself, the very first one 
to pop the tip jar oh, cherry. Kyle. <laughs> With yeah, five buddy. bucks in the tip jar already, said he's got bits ready for when you guys hit partner on Twitch. But until then, here's a tip for the move. Uh, the beauty of that, thank you very much, Kyle, for, for kicking you, us sir. off there. Um, the, uh, the, the big thing to know is we've already hit four of the six yeah. a- achievements you have to <laughs> do to get there. The there. We literally just have to stream long enough to satisfy yeah, the other Like one. a so week and a half. Week give and me, half give us weeks. a couple of shows and we'll be ready to go. But I, I appreciate you stocking up, though. Uh, and at the very end of the show today, we will be finding a wrestler to raid, which is a lot of fun. So you guys, uh, we can basically, it's an elegant way for us to end the show. We can end the stream by throwing all of you over to another, uh, wrestler that we're a fan of, throw the, throw you into their stream and you guys can blow it up with busted wide open and rave about it and get them to say it on. Stream. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Those of watching, you watching Lince Dorado yeah. get, get flustered when we all jumped them last time was fantastic. That was, yeah. that was a beautiful thing. But, uh, but Nick, we've got, we got a lot of shows. Today we got to talk about AEW Dynamite NXT Friday Night SmackDown. There's a lot to get through. Is there any other housekeeping we have to do, or should we go straight into the show? No, let's go straight into the show. Everybody, everybody knows how to get into the Discord. That is the place to be. I do have some plans now that we're past this milestone to sort of overhaul the Discord uh, server as well to more make that a more enjoyable experience and a more interactive experience. So be on the lookout for that in the few, next few weeks. Uh, we'll be announcing and going over some changes there as well. Oh, uh, I got to I got to throw out some love to the patrons. Oh. Oh, we definitely have to do that. Uh, Serious love. Uh, Brad Shepard following Kyle. Thought he was going to get in first, but Kyle beat him to the bunch. Good Brad Shepard. The good Brad Shepard. Our Brad Shepard. Uh, Gave another $5 in the tip, Joel. Thank you very much, sir. First tip for the BWO episode. Okay, second, damn it. Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Thank you, Brad. It's all right. You're the first Uh, Brad Shepard to tip us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to all of the patrons. Uh, If you guys would like to get on on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up to get access to bonus episodes, which we just did one uh, Thursday night, Friday night, last night, actually. Where? What what, what day is it? I don't know anymore. I have no idea. Right. I don't know week, anymore. Week twenty of quarantine, so I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of blow mind blown right now. Plus, I'm a little hyped up today. Oh my god, because this is finally happening. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've wanted to be on Twitch since October. So this this is a very exciting day for me. It's 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 finally happening. Um, get into the Discord, follow all of our socials, interact with us over there. But thank you to all of our patrons, and thank you to everybody that is willing to give a little bit of hard earned coin over to us to help us keep this show running and keep us growing. We are now diversified, Ian. We are now on both YouTube and Twitch. So make sure you stay subscribed over on the YouTube channel because we're still doing BWO Daily over there, and we're Mm. working on some ideas to bring additional weekly and daily content over to you uh, in a more on-demand fashion. But the live streams going forward will be over here on Twitch. Yes. Uh, With that said, Ian, I think we need to get into... We what do. everybody is here to he- listen to, and that Amen. is the wrestling. So let's get started with All Elite Wrestling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, can, he, can he even do that anymore? We had a little surprise guest star coming out in AEW this week. Matt Cardona, <laughs> Zach, formerly Zack Ryder, is right. All Elite. Cody was having himself a match. He was having a uh, TNT championship uh, open challenge match with with young Mr. Warhorse, the four thousand pound beast made six, of pure 6, metal. Six thousand pound, I thought, wasn't it? I don't know. He's oh, four thousand yeah. years old. He's very, he's very like heavy. That. He's big. He's a yeah. big. He's a big boy. Only yeah. he's not. But we, you know what I mean. <laughs> he was uh, Cody was having a match with Warhorse at the end of that match. It was a fine match. It was there. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about Warhorse in a second. But at the end of that, the Creepers come out and start trying to attack Cody. But who should come to save him? Zack Ryder. 
Oh, sorry, Matt Cardona, who is looking swole. I've seen him. I mean, I've seen him more shredded, but the dude was looking huge. Maybe it was just in comparison to everybody else on that show. You know, WWE is the land of giants, and that you know, even made Billy Gunn look normal sized back in the day. Now you see Billy Gunn in AEW, and he's bigger than everybody, including their big guys. So Zack Ryder comes out. He's huge. Looks like he's aligning with with Cody. Excuse me, Matt Cardona. Yeah, It'll we can't call him Zack Ryder anymore. It'll take me a while. <laughs> so he's coming out. He beats up some dudes, uh, sends them packing. And next week we're getting Cody and Matt Cardona versus the Dark Order. Uh, wow, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we did mention on our news show that, that Cody said he'd love to, to hire Matt Cardona or Rusev. Um, and lo and behold, a week later, out comes Matt Cardona. But uh, this got me thinking. We don't really have a program for Cody right now. He's just kind of swirling around in this open challenge thing. And he's challenging guys like Eddie Kingston last week who you know, blew doors on the place, got a ton of attention, and got himself signed as a result. He had Warhorse this week who was a big indie darling. A lot of people pushed for Warhorse to be on the show. He finally got the spot. He was fine. Um, I'm a fan of Warhorse on the indies. I, I hate to say it, he didn't pop through my TV this week, and maybe it was comparison to Eddie Kingston. But what? How to, let, let's talk about Warhorse for a second. How, what did What did Warhorse do for you, if anything? Um, it it did feel a little underwhelming. I'll admit that because he has blown up on social media and in the indie circuits and around the world, and like there's a lot of hype out there behind Warhorse. Obviously, a good reason why you'd want to bring him into the show, but sure, I was maybe my expectations were inflated because of that. I had I had not seen anything uh, uh, on Warhorse up until Wednesday okay. night, so well, I, then- I my my expectations were overinflated because everybody else was like, oh my god, this is the second coming of Daniel Bryan or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is everybody? And you know, he's good. I'm not going to take fine. anything away from him as a performer. Uh, he did fantastic, right. The the problem I saw mostly was that he he felt like an indie guy. He felt like yeah. a guy who would be really good, and he is really good in front of three hundred people, you know, or or fifty people. Like he's really good. He, he feels like a larger than life personality, and he he lights up the room and everything. You put him in a gigantic stadium with no fans, and he comes out. He tries to do the same thing, and he did kind of sort of shrink into the background, especially next to someone like Cody, who just naturally exudes that star charisma. Whereas right. you have an old hand like Eddie Kingston come out, he's been around. He's he knows like you got to come out the door blasting, right? And I think that was really what hurt Warhorse. If he'd come between like Ricky Starks and Sonny Kiss, he might have been fine, and we wouldn't have been so hard on him. But coming after Eddie Kingston, it was just a hard act to follow. Um, and the I match was that. the match was fine. It was also structured similar to the Eddie Kingston match where Warhorse hurt his leg and Cody took advantage of the figure four. Um, and then Warhorse kind of helped Cody out a little bit until Matt Cardona came out. So it did seem like Warhorse was there and gone, like kind of a fart in the wind. So unfortunately, yeah, not the – I don't think the showing that the fans of Warhorse really wanted, I don't think he cha- like opened anyone's eyes, um, which is unfortunate because, like I said, in an indie scene, the guy is actually really good. But uh, It felt but, like yeah. it was also there to set up something else as well, and I feel like that took a little bit of the, the air – uh, we, know, we now know we're getting that tag match you mentioned earlier. Um, it felt like once Matt Cardona came out and yeah, rips his shirt off, I, I had forgotten about Warhorse already. Who? And I, yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm, that, that didn't help his cause at all. <laughs> and the first thing I went was, wait, we're having a tag match. Cody and Matt Cardona next week against the Dark Order. How long before Matt turns on Cody? Ooh. 
and we have a nice little feud going there. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder he, next he, week. He looks have, the part. I'll give him credit the there. He, he looks fantastic right now. He's he's jacked and he's all darkened up. He looks more edgy, you know, not like the cartoon jobber. I mean, the only the only thing he's got to stay away from is Britt Baker because Lord knows wheelchairs are his downfall. Uh, we also had MJF giving a state of wrestling, kind of like a political thing, like like EC3 did in uh, TNA, and I think EC3 actually got on him about kind of ripping it off. But it's it was a great you know it's a great little spot and mjf did great with it comes out and gives a speech uh about the state of wrestling and where he mjf maxwell jacob friedman freedom 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 for freedom 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 maxwell jacob friedman stands in wrestling right now and where he stands nick is against the dictator john moxley as he puts it yeah now what did you think of his speech here his 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 uh Special form promo, if you will. I'm not sure what I loved more, the the actual podium time at the podium and the speech or the time that he took and all of the steps he took getting to the ring from backstage. The signing of the contract and getting a piece of gum put in his mouth and switching. The Goldberg entrance. I mean, this was this was on another level. This was all of the little the the little Listerine at the ringside as he was getting in, and then the, one of the assistants holding the spitter bottle so he could spit the Listerine into the, you know uh, details. It's all in the details, so many details, and it that is what makes MJF special is because of his eye for the details like that. Uh, I loved the speech. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I'm glad Moxley didn't come out and interfere with it in any way we got to see nope. it as a full presentation i loved presidential hand that we kept getting <laughs> you know where they do the thumb at the top like that right what right. we need right now <laughs> i did not have sex with john moxley yeah <laughs> i think he's dictator i wouldn't have sex with him he's ugly and he's too big for me right exactly but uh <laughs> yeah no and this was a fantastic heel promo this is by definition like the heeliest of heel promos even at the top Starting off with, uh, with with him, like having the assistant, she comes over and kind of points at the because he starts going off on a tangent. She comes over and points at the script, and he just goes, "Yeah, yeah, honey, I know I'm going to stick to the script. Hey, why don't you smile a little bit for me? It'll make you look prettier." Uh, that was a little, ooh, little on edge. It's I, 2020, I gotta, dude. I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> I got a I got a text from JB. Uh, <laughs> you guys may know from the show. I got a text from her. She goes, "Oh, MJF's out here trying to die." <laughs> Like she was just, boy, that got her. So, uh, yeah, he, he he had all the heel points, and of course, but the horse, the, the 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 point of this, Nick, the point of this was MJF is try, is going for John Moxley. Yeah, he's going for John Moxley. He wants a, a a shot at all in, all out, all in, all out, all out, whatever. September, yeah, that one, the September show. Yes, he wants a shot. At, uh, at John Moxley then, I'm sitting here thinking, isn't John Moxley still working with Brian Cage over here? Because he is. We had a, we had the main event of the show was John Moxley and Darby Allen teaming up against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Which, all the, you know, all right, cool. Uh, not mad at that. The program has been a little bit lackluster, but I, I'll, I will watch that match. And they did a good job of keeping it exciting. Uh, Moxley out to the ring first. Oh, Darby's supposed to be out first. He never shows up. Moxley's in the ring. Uh, he comes out to the ring, and then we go backstage, and there's Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and Taz is talking about how big Brian Cage is, and then he makes a nice little nod where he goes, oh, let me stand behind him. I don't want to piss anybody off. Right. Here, let me show you his deltoids. That's, by the way, a rib at JR because JR was coaching him to stand behind him, stand behind the guy that you're trying to pump up, which 
I don't know. I could argue it both ways. Yeah. Either way, it did make Cage look even more yoked. And then Ricky Starks comes on and basically talks crap about your baby mama and the usual Ricky Starks lines. And then they go out to the ring to kick John Moxley's ass. What they don't realize is Darby Allen's been hiding on top of the ramp the entire time, and the crazy son of a bitch coffin drops them on the way in, and then we're off to the races and we have a gigantic brawl, which was, I would say, Nick, by the numbers, except for the final spot mm-hmm. of the match, which might be the most painful thing I've seen in AEW so far. And this, is a, a, this is a promotion that has used a barbed wire net uh, and a barbed wire... Uh, what like big old boards in the side they of the, the ring? They had the brooms and, with Kenny Omega and the they had the, the cleaner trying to rim him for being the cleaner uh, and uh, yeah they had a broom Give wrapped a in broom. barbed wire. All Give that me stuff. a break. Yeah, uh, the 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 paradigm shift to the glass table. I don't know the finishing move of this match. We had you know everyone's brawling around outside. We've got uh, trash cans get involved and and all kinds of nonsense. Uh, but at the end, Ricky Starks, Darby Allen in the ring. Darby goes under the ring and gets a a. A freaking skateboard with thumbtacks attached to the underside. Right, right. A, a, a wheelless skateboard, just the deck. And the dude goes up to the top, uh, the top turnbuckle, and ollies off of Ricky Starks' back. And when I say the dude immediately started bleeding, I mean Ricky Starks was ru- like, Im- you could see his whole body just spasm in pain, and he's just mouthing, "Oh." He sold it as if he had been stabbed in the back a dozen he, times. Because he was stabbed in the back. <laughs> he immediately started bleeding. Uh, Darby pins him, and the entire time you could see his legs just shaking in pain. Right. And I don't think that was a work. <laughs> I think that was a that was no. a pure. I wasn't selling. That was real. I uh, got, I got blood drawn this week at the doctor. Uh, that sucked. Like I, I I I'm not I'm not typically fond of needles, but I've got a bunch of tattoos. Like I've been around needles enough. I twitched. I I shook. Oh, oh. like Cody's Cody's thumbtack spot last week sucked. Yeah, but the but the thing that got me about the skateboard was that it it dragged. He had like a chunk of it where he just stabbed a whole bunch into his back, but then like the the left side, and I I saw the actual like once they cleaned it up backstage, he had like three or four just really just deep gouge scratches on his left side like just he was dragging those thumbtacks through his skin like that looked brutal and it looked like a pinning move he got pinned on it and i was like yep that's that's that is a move you get pinned on he kept rolling he kept rolling over too to try to get out of the ring i'm like don't roll over the thumbtacks stop be still all right so we have this 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 big match uh cage and moxley still hitting on hitting you know each other seem to be still in some sort of feud um but at the same time, at the end of the match, Darby and Moxley are facing off, and we hear that we've got Moxley versus uh, Darby for the championship next week. That threw me a curveball. I wasn't expecting that. Well, yeah, where is where is that coming from? Slash going. Right. Um, Darby is he is he supposed to be feuding with Ricky Starks or Cage? This seems a little bit muddled still, and I'm wondering who is booking the main title scene right now because it's been muddled. It continues to be muddled, yeah. and I'm not mad at the work. I'm mad at, at just there's nothing settled here. Moxley doesn't feel like he's got a purpose. Uh, I was going to say, couldn't you say that about Moxley's entire championship reign, that it's been muddled pretty much the whole time, other than yeah, the final moments bit. of in, inner circle at the very beginning? And then it's been kind of a mess since he's been champ. And you've brought it up several times that I have. You know, he, he didn't really deliver. He hasn't really delivered as as a proper believable champ. 
Not really. It 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 feels he feels less than a lot of other things in the card. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, the TNT Championship feels like a bigger deal in bigger matches yep. than his matches, and that's something they've got to work on. And I don't think having a muddled feud like this, where is he facing Cage? Is he facing Darby? Is he building towards MJF? Like, who knows? But this time, I'm also hoping I'm almost hoping MJF takes the title off of him, uh, just so that we can get like a, a clear champ who can go out there and cut promos that, that get me fired up. Moxie's promos don't get me fired up right now. Well, I said I think I said a few months back MJF was next in line, the next heel champ, um, and you kind of poo-pooed it, but I, I like the way this is building up. Is, is there any opportunity that Darby takes it off of it and we get Darby versus MJF at all out? No, that, and that's the problem is Darby doesn't feel like so a guy. So what's the point? That's exactly my point. What is the point? Why have Darby versus Mox next week? Why have this you know confusion, this confuddlery with 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 cage and 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 ricky starks there for some reason now too like it's just what is ftw what does the ftw championship have to do with anything anymore like who can stop the path of cage moxley every time yeah like it's all just kind of a mess cage didn't look so vicious in uh, in this setting so i'm yeah i don't know i don't know if i'm if i'm cooling on cage should he have come out and just in a very dominant way taken it off of Moxley? You look at how they debuted him in Lucha Underground, and, and I hate to keep harping back to Lucha Underground, but they did so many things right with so many of these wrestlers. Um, and obviously you can't do the same thing every time, but you look at how they established him there, how they you know, hid his weaknesses uh, and showed his strengths, and he ended up with having a match, uh, like a street fight with, with uh, the Mac at the end of the first season that was lights out. It was an amazing fight. And, and you look at this kind of stuff he's doing with Moxley, and it's nowhere near that level. And he had a few matches in, 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 in Lucha Underground that were hardcore matches that just were way more lit up than what we're seeing here with Mox. So I don't know if it's what they're having him do. I don't know if it's him not being as invested. I don't know if it's not having the characters built up as much. But yeah, Cage doesn't seem to be... He came out the gates gangbusters, killing everyone on the, on the ladder, and then he went right into this Moxley feud, and we said, ah, uh, uh, so soon? They have a real problem with killing their monsters too soon in AEW. That's yeah. one of the biggest criticisms I have of that company, yeah. is they book their monsters to fail out the gate, and then they don't have any monsters anymore. And then we're sitting here with Lance Archer sitting in the front row with his feet up with Jake Roberts not doing anything. Yeah. Throwing so, guys through ceilings in locker rooms. You know? Yeah. Spe speaking of monsters... A uh, couple of their big boys were in the opening 10-man tag team match, Inner Circle, featuring Jake Hager versus Jurassic Express and the Best Friends, or Best Friends and Friends. Of course, one of them being Luchasaurus. And I do like every time those two big boys get in the ring together because they just beat the crap out of each other. It's a lot of fun. But I can't say that the rest of this match was that great, Nick. This was kind of a mess. What did you think about all this? It was a mess. So it, it wasn't was, just it no, uh, and, you know, Marco Stunt doing stunts, being thrown around back and forth between Luchasaurus and Jake Hager, and then Luch jumping up on Luchasaurus's back so that they can do sort of a, a, a you know, a crossbody or a senton or something. I think it was a crossbody with Marco Stunt on his back to knock everybody down. And, you know, it, these multi-man tag matches that they do in AEW are, if you are willing to just let go of the reins and sit back and eat your popcorn and just enjoy the spot fest. That that's all it is. And I could I could see FTR in the back just sweating bullets. Well, it's funny you mentioned they came out with the cooler again at the was it was it the end of all of no, it was that was later match. on. It was that was later on. Match. We'll get to FTR in a second. Yeah, this was just but this was again just sometimes there were rules. 
Sometimes people had to tag in. Sometimes it was tornado rules and nothing mattered, and they just kind of went crazy. The problem is these two teams are supposed to hate each other. And this felt more like kind of a comedy match at the first bit. And th- the commentary didn't help. You had JR and Shivani over there just kind of shooting the shit and making jokes, not really taking anything seriously. So if the wrestlers aren't taking it seriously and the commentary isn't taking it seriously and everyone's just kind of farting around, yeah. all right, I, I'm not invested. Yeah. I'm not invested. And then there's no rules. Uh, this, is, this is one of the times where I'll actually – you know, look at Jim Cornette and his crabby, you know, crusty old get off my lawn ways and say, this is what he's talking about. And he's right. This is one of the times where I will agree with him that they've got to actually, you know, keep in mind what you're doing. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of structure. Otherwise we're not like, it's just, as you said, it's just popcorn. It's just there. But if I don't care, I'm not going to be invested and I'm going to be easily distracted. And I was during this, you know, I was, I was easily distracted by things, Twitter on my phone and who cares what they're doing. They're just messing around right now. You know what I mean? So that was, was it there as fodder to have other things like the interview, uh, earlier on the show to set it up or to have certain spots, with Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt, because I, I, I hearken back to the the times when we had a program, an actual program between Chris Jericho and Jungle Boy, and that was there, but he was still surrounded with Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus, and we can remember times when we had potentially Jake Hager versus Luchasaurus, which we still really haven't gotten. I mean, why don't they build programs yeah, off of these that include the tag teams instead of the other way around, where you just have these giant, and next week we're going to have a crazy... 15 man or whatever that's, the hell it is. But that's a little bit of New Japan booking right there where you've got factions and you've got individual feuds within the factions. But, but as you said, we're not seeing individual feuds coming out of this. We're just seeing exactly. that there's like a long-term rivalry or beef between these two guys. But that's kind of, that also exists as well. Sure. You know what I mean? You're like there, There's long-term sort of simmering rivalries. And they don't have to be a program. They just, they just hate each other. They, they, these two guys, oh, they always hate each other. Every time they see each other, they're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, I don't mind that. The thing that this match needed to do was be taken seriously, take itself seriously, um, have some heat between the teams. And we got the heat after, after the fact, they're like, oh, we hate you. We hate you. It's like, where was that at the beginning of this? You know, the ending would have been even more, they would have been even more angry at each other if they'd started off, started out the match that way. Yeah. And then you get there and it's even hotter. Uh, but it just was kind of lackadaisical. And then just complete disregard for any sense or semblance of rules. And then there's a lot of times we let that go in AEW. We're like, ah, it's fine. It's AEW. But this was really egregious where the commentary was even calling it out. It's like, well, I guess we're not paying attention to rules. Aubrey's trying her best to get control. No, she was just sitting there going, ah, I don't know who's legal. (laughs) You know? Doesn't matter. What's funny is when Aubrey, if Aubrey just ever crosses her arms and sits back against a turnbuckle or something and just says, all right, then. Yep, screw it. Yeah, I'm out. You boys, you boys are on your you, own. Let me know you guys want to pin somebody. <laughs> we got two things coming out of this. The end of the match was Sammy Guevara going up for top rope spot, Matt Hardy coming out to shove him off uh, and then eat a pin. So he's mad. So now Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy look like they're going to be restarting their feud, which got cut short by Sammy Guevara getting suspended. Except now Matt Hardy is doing the no gimmick Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy gimmick. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. His gimmick, his gimmick is he has no gimmick, which is in itself <laughs> a gimmick, I think. I don't know with him anymore. Um, so I'm curious where they're going. <laughs> yeah, where, what they had in mind for Hardy and Guevara, 
I know that Hardy feels like Guevara is a young version of him, but how are you going to make a program out of just that? Um, and then also, yeah, but previously Chris he was over there talking to private party, saying, "Hey, you remind me of me and my brother as a young Hardy boy." So, I mean, which 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 one you are you doing? You all remind me of a young Matt Hardy <laughs> because you're all spot monkeys. Um, and then also coming out of this, we found out that Chris Jericho will be granting Orange Cassidy a rematch in two weeks. But he's also he's going to destroy him mentally and physically. So next week we're having drum roll, please, a debate. A debate between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, which should be scintillating. With, uh, with a special a, moderator. Who we know who it's going to be. We're not going to say here because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, we're not, we're not, we don't spoil things that bad on this show. But if yeah. you want to know who it is, we did say who it was on BWO Daily. You can head over and check, check the latest episode of BWO Daily. We do say who it is there. So we do know who it's going to be. Um, and I, I'm fine with all that i have curious i'm curious what they have up their sleeves i'm curious why we're still running orange cassidy and jericho because orange cassidy's another person like moxley who needs a damn crowd yep and i feel like he and jericho are being wasted in the crowdless era yeah. um and i and i i don't i know it'd be really difficult but i kind of wish they would look at everything and say what can we do right now we don't need crowds for it. We can just make a good story out of it, but we don't have one of the characters be someone who lives and dies on pops like Orange Cassidy does. Have Floyd the Bat challenge Cody for the TNT championship. What? Never mind. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a crowd for that. What is this, DDT? Maybe, yeah. Um, so speaking of crowdless, uh, crowdless feuds that don't need a crowd and to be good, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega have a match against Stu Grayson and Evil Uno because they're undefeated. Surprising to me. I always think of them as being jobbers, but uh, that's just, I guess, the perception that's still kind of lingering around Dark Orders. They always lose, which is funny because Stu Grayson and Evil Uno just lost. They, just, yeah. they lost this match as well. So every time we seem to see them, they go, they go and win all their matches on Dark, and then they come over to Dynamite and lose, which they have. To, I think booking-wise they have to be careful about. I actually thought they were going to get an opportunity here to... to to take the championships off and we might be triggering something. Kenny Omega is going further and further down that rabbit hole. Um, it, Hangman Page, we, we had a um, – I want to talk about the next thing first because it kind of sets up some things. Earlier we had uh, a contract signing with FTR where at the end of it, Hangman Page came in with a bottle of Jack Daniels or Jimmy Beam or whichever one that was and uh, was pouring drinks out to celebrate and pours himself an entire tumbler yeah. – of of whiskey and then sits there and commences drinking it and then come but they come out to have this match and he just goes straight in before kenny omega's entrance even starts and starts wailing on Stu grayson and evil uno and kenny's standing at the top of the ramp going Dude, what are you doing what are you doing wait for me what are you doing so he comes in we, we're seeing we're seeing this continued like they're continuing to tell this very Bailey Sasha Banks kind of story of like, are they gonna split up? We don't know. They keep fighting together and they keep winning together and they're they they got good chemistry, but they're not on the same page. Like, uh, they're, well, they're certainly telling more of a story than Bailey and Sasha are oh, telling sure. because they're not doing that at all right no. now. No. <laughs> what you're referring no. to, but yeah, they're definitely keeping things simmering between Hangman and and Omega. They're keeping a lot of other uh, irons in the fire here because not only are apparently Dark Order feuding with Matt Cardona and Cody. But we also have a match next week. At the end of this match, 
you had Brody uh, Brody Lee lose his mind, uh, throw his papers at Evil Uno again, which is a skit from BTE. Um, now, it should be noted that uh, Colt Cabana was on commentary for this match mm-hmm. and standing behind Brody Lee the entire time. So you only could see the little top of her little head was your girl, Anna Jay, who's now coming out looking a little different. She's got a little, like, I don't know what, what you want to call it, like a, like a, a New Year's mask yeah. thing on. Like a, uh, I'm not a fan of the opera. Magician's but like a, assistant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, a <laughs> and then just like a, a bot, like a bodysuit kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so she was there. So she's definitely a member of Dark Order now. Uh, Colt Cabana still seems like he's like he's drinking. The, he's drunk the Kool Aid, so to speak. But he's still kind of like doesn't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Brody Lee sends him to the back and then proceeds to uh, start to threaten Omega and pa- and, pa- and uh, Page, who then the Bucks come out of the crowd. FTR come out of the back with the as you said with the with the cooler of of uh, beer. We get a big old brawl and a twelve man match set up for next week. Pretty much the entire Dark Order against FTR, Bucks, and Omega, and Page. Mmm. Okay. Yummy. Yummy. You have a lot my of attention. talent in the ring. That is. And again, Dark Order, I still can't put my finger on it, but they don't feel like a threat yet. Um, Brody's now feeling more like the final boss than ever because he's surrounding himself with guys, and there seems like there's so many more Dark Order guys now, which is cool, but... There's something missing in terms of them feeling like a legitimate threat. It's because they've messed it up and not pushed Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Well, they've been out. I, don't, I can't fault them there. That they, but they came to back and they went eight Brody. and zero. Oh. They came back and went eight and zero, oh and they were pointing that out. And I'm like, yeah, on paper. And I guess that's one thing that's good about the the number system, the the tracking system in AEW is they can come out and say they're on a winning streak, and they legitimately have been. Um, so it overcomes that perception that we would otherwise have, right? Yeah. So we would, we would be sitting here going, oh, they've booked Dark Order terribly. They never win. And they can, AW now can sit here and go, actually, they've won eight in a row. So that made me sit there and go, okay, so maybe it's just the perception of people that, like, I mean, I've been watching Dark. I've been watching Dynamite. But if you're not consuming the YouTube content, you don't know that, though. I've been, watch- been watching that all. No, I, mean, I mean, in general, like as a general audience sure. member. Sure. Like if you're That's, not watching exactly. all the additional auxiliary YouTube content, you're not aware of that. Even if they flash it up on the screen for three seconds with a lower third in a tiny little font that says eight no in their last few. I, that's not enough. We need, we need yeah. to transfer some of that content onto dynamite or they need to look they need to be more dominant i know it's a group of jobbers and the whole point is that it's a group of jobbers that are working together to win matches right and that's what they did with colt cabana where he was losing a lot so he joined this group of jobbers and now he's got the other jobbers helping him by throwing their bodies in the way in his matches and cheating to win and it's working he's getting wins and he was saying that on commentary um and it makes me curious about next week because he's been winning up until now he's in this match with dark order Will they continue the winning, their winning ways with him? Or I mean, uh, Yeah, there's a lot that to, 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 to go on there. There's a lot of story. Um, obviously, the uh, uh, hangman liking, liking to hang out with FTR more than Omega and the Bucks. That's a storyline. Um, so there's a lot going on there, and I'm, and I'm digging it. It's, it's a lot of long-term storytelling, character storytelling, and they're doing it pretty well, I think. Yeah. So the only question is, is Dark Order's perception not living up to how they're being booked? It's a good question. So, yeah. A uh, couple more things for AEW here. Diamante got a shot at Hikaru Shida 
Strangely enough, not for the title, and I think that's because Diamante isn't signed. That was their logic. But if she does beat Sheeta, she gets signed and gets a title shot. But she didn't beat Sheeta, so we don't know where she stands. I thought the whole point Ooh. of the match with her and Ivelisse last week was yeah. that the winner of that would get a title shot. Right, but apparently no. You get a shot at the champ, which determines if you get... I hated it. I hated, I hated that logic. Um, yeah, too convoluted. Too overbooked. It's not even that it's convoluted. That's, it's just... I hate when you have to beat the champ to get a title shot. That's a trope I want to go away. Though I, You want to not know what you're in for when these two people lock up. In my opinion, yeah. you should have it. You should have it be a fresh new thing. And when they first lock up, you go <gasps> and get that thrill because you're finally seeing it happen. And you do that by building them both up against other people. And then you sit there and wonder what it will be like when they finally do clinch. Will the champion get upset? You don't know. As opposed to having seen them have physicality a few times and being like, okay, I know what I'm in for. This person seems to have the champ's number, but I don't know. But I've seen them lock up so many times. I really don't. I'm not invested until the end of the match. Yeah. Because I've seen this match. So that's I, I that's why I don't like that booking. And that's why here, where it was the extra, like you said, is the extra added part of her last week having to win that match to get a match with Sheeta, but the match with Sheeta didn't matter unless she beat Sheeta, but she didn't beat Sheeta. So now where does that leave her? What was the and point was of a, the match with her and Eva Least then? And it was a fine match. I mean, it they were they good work, but yeah, just the, the booking around that in the women's division. I, I keep to be scra- I keep on scratching my head. Yeah. It it goes back to it goes back to believable champs. Do we I mean is this a is it is Hikarushita a a, a a believable champ? We all know she's fantastic in the ring. She's doing even doing decent promos saying that she will defend it and anyone that wants to challenge it, she's going to build a whole new But I we're not we're not seeing the presence that we kicked off Dynamite with for the first four four to six months with Jericho as AEW champion. Like, we we have not seen someone with that kind of... And it's it's hard. I'm not trying to compare people to Jericho. I'm just saying that is what you came out of the gate with, with the combination of Cody and Jericho for the first four months. And now it feels a little floundering. It feels like it's lost its way with both of the championships. You know? uh, yeah, I hate I hate it that I agree with you, but it's true. It's they're they're. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I, that you, I put no, you. No, I I hate that I have to agree with you because it's a negative take. Yeah, because it's because it's it's it being disappointed in where it's at. Like I I want it to be. I want both of those to be more exciting. I like Sheeta. I like the idea of her as a champ. I like Moxley. I want him to be a good champ. It's just not there and i can't blame it all on the crowds or lack no. thereof a right. couple of other things before we get out of here too nyla rose picked her partner for the uh, tag team tournament women's tag team tournaments coming up only on youtube apparently interestingly enough not going to be on any of the main shows it'll be this whole separate show hmm. well, all right cool all right. interesting maybe maybe give them more time to work i don't know um but she picked a, a, a chip it was purple, and she says, I like purple. Vicky Guerrero, who's next to her, said, I like purple, too. And who should come in and say that, well, I'm your partner because I already picked that one, too. Ariana, the Cam- Cameron? Cameron from the Funkadactyls? Way back. With Naomi? <laughs> yeah. What? what? Alicia Fox. Yeah. It wasn't Alicia Fox. <laughs> no, she used to run around with Maybe I watched too much. She used to run around with I watched too much Total Divas. I'm sorry. I was saying, they all it was ran not around no- together. She is not Alicia Fox. She was Cameron. No, no, I'm not saying she was Alicia Fox. She okay. would run around with 
<laughs> Naomi uh, and Alicia Fox. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um. So she's now apparently in a in all elite, and she's teaming up with Nyla. Okay. Interesting. All right. The left field, but I'm down with I'm down with it. Let's see what happens. Uh, you had Britt Baker announce that if if uh, Big Swole can beat a opponent of Britt Baker's choice, that Big Swole will get a shot at Britt Baker uh, at the next pay per view. Wonder who Britt Baker's going to pick. Hmm. Could it could it be Reba? Could it be Rebel? That would be amazing. I would love to see if they let, if they let her wrestle. That'd be great. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, she's quite good. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if it will be Rebel or if she'll like call in a monster, you know, like Awesome Kong, if, if she's around again. That'd be interesting. Um, I'd love to see uh, Swole have to slay a beast to get yeah. to uh, to get to Brit, jump through some hoops. Like yeah. this idea. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was it. That was AEW. I have to say, ups and downs, hits and misses this week. Not 100%. But uh, still a very entertaining show. Lots of good character work and lots of stories that I, I you know, I think they're doing some good jobs with. Yeah. Overall, I, I agree so. with all that. Yeah, there's there's definitely some things to work on, but there for the most part, it's still a phenomenal show to watch every week for two hours and enjoy some wrestling. You know what? And that's not the only show that's entertaining to watch for two hours. And that's why we have to go talk right now about NXT. So I want to start off by saying, okay, I even texted you last night and I kind of went, meh, meh. And I want, to, I want to preface this before we go into it uh, by saying, except for one thing. <laughs> only one? I'm looking down my notes here about NXT and going, you know what? I'd liked pretty much everything on NXT this week. Two things. Two things. Okay. Two things. Yeah. And we'll, I'll, I'll call those out when we get there. But Oh, uh, are you are going to keep us in suspense? I'll okay. keep you in suspense, yes. Oh, ooh, a man of mystery. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start off with what I assume is one of them, and that's the triple threat, Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis. The winner goes on for the North American Championship ladder match at TakeOver 30. Uh, we've already got the thick boy, Bronson Reed. Damn, going boy! On. <laughs> Damn, boy, you thick! He's going on to a takeover 30. Which one of these three guys would go on? I This would have been, if you put a gun to my head and said I had to pick the right winner, I'd say just blow my heads off. I have no idea. Well, I, have this no, is I would have had no idea who did. Who coming won. out of the Bronson Reed win last week, and then they announced the, the, the triple threat match for, for this week that we were going to get. Yeah. And I was like, Finn Balor, Timothy Thatcher, Dexter, Dexter Loomis. Loomis. Which of the three of those have been the hottest lately? It's Dexter Loomis. Yeah. And look at what they, they, if they gave Bronson Reed a shot, how can you not give Dexter Lewis but a shot? Thatcher, Thatcher's also been really hot lately, also a new But I'm signing. looking over going, but it's Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor. Like, you're going to have Dexter Lewis go over them? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. They had Dexter Loomis win the match. It was done now brilliantly. They, I, I give them credit for the ending. They did it in a way that made you believe it. Dexter Loomis, I think, absolutely, they let him raise his stock in this match. Thatcher... Thatcher was Thatcher. Balor was Balor. They all beat the absolute crap out of each other in this match. It was a fantastic match. Very entertaining. Very hard-hitting. Um, everyone got to look like absolute killers. And the only reason Loomis won is because he had uh, the silence sleeper hold put on Thatcher. Um, he then ate a coup de gras to the chest. And um, as Fat Balor came down, Thatcher was able to grab him by the leg, put him in a leg hold. Uh, was trying to snap his ankle, 
and Balor couldn't get out of it, couldn't get the ropes, no rope breaks. So he's locked in. Loomis comes slinking back into the ring, kind of like looks over the top of, of Thatcher's shoulder like a velociraptor. And then <laughs> it's just like the dead look like... And then he just puts him back in the vice hole right. in the silence. And Thatcher's not letting go of Vin Balor's ankle. Loomis is not letting go of Thatcher. Thatcher passes out in the hold. And Loomis goes on to the ladder match. Yeah, that's a great finish. Protects all guys. Balor wouldn't tap out. Thatcher wouldn't release the hold and passes out. And Loomis knocked out a dude. So, yeah, great finish. Great match. And it does seem like they're building up this ladder match to be a bunch of up-and-comers. You know, it's the breakout North American Championship ladder match. And given the fact that next week we know that there's going to be uh, uh, Oni Lorcan, Damian Priest, and Ridge Holland who we haven't even seen on American NXT yet. He's only been in NXT UK, right. and he's a house. Um, you know, have you ever seen him play rugby? Um, Nick, there's, there's three people in this world I will, I will always back down from in a fight. Okay. Pro wrestler slash MMA guy, um, a, a hockey player, because you're not, what are you going to do? Punch no. them? And then, and then a rugby or Australian rules football player. Never, ever, ever, ever. I've taken a tackle from a rugby player, a full-size rugby player. It's some of the worst pain How of my life. How are your ribs still intact? They, they're not. I've, they're actually powder on the right <laughs> side. Um, so, yeah, Ridge Holland, a big, hard boy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he's going to bring here to this match because that's a match. That's a very interesting matchup. Lorcan, Priest, and Holland. Because mm. Holland's a big powerhouse. Lorcan is, we know what Lorcan is. He's an animal. And then Priest is a really big dude who's extremely agile for his size. That's going to be a really interesting match. And now, given what they've done so far, I've got to kind of put my money on Rich Holland. That or Oni Lorcan, based on the work he's been doing uh, as a bit of an underdog. And maybe they want to give it. But, I mean, my, if I'm making a pick, it's Damian Priest. Damian I, Priest has been I'm fighting for the Holland. North American Championship for at least six months. Yeah. And maybe if, they're stacking if, this so that Priest has a little bit of, it can be believable that Priest can go over some of these guys and be a champion, and they can finally strap Damian Priest. See, I think Oni's there to eat the pan from Ridge Holland, mm. and Priest is just there to make it look good and give it some legitimacy, Yeah, but, then, but not eat a pan. That's really what I'm seeing here, based on what they've done so far. Um, and some of the fallout of the other match, I have to wonder if Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher are going to feud because um, give me that, if so, because their, their action in this match made me want to see more. Yes. I will, take, I will take more of that, please. Yes, please. Um, let's, was that one of the segments that you went, you give a thumbs up no. to? Really? No. Uh, but real quick before we move okay, on, so I want to have a high yeah, standard. Kyle, uh, Kyle threw another five bucks in the tip jar. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. He, he said, Thank if you, they're going to do a package for each North American competitor, I'm eagerly anticipating the Loomis one. Also, brilliant ending to the main event, seconding that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I love the way that they, yeah. the, it, it, the irony of Timothy Thatcher, Mr. Thatch's Thatch Can tr submission getting, school, uh, yeah. getting submitted and, and knocked out, <laughs> passed out. Didn't, didn't submit. Didn't yeah, submit. True. Passed yep. out. Exactly. Uh, and also, I've noticed that they've changed Loomis's entrance music now. It's not like just pure 100% Stranger Things ripoff. It's a little bit... It's, it's, you don't see him and go, Stranger Things. Right. You now just see him and go, it's creepy. Yeah. So I think that's a smart move on their part. So he's not 
quite so pigeonholed. No, in that nothing way. will be as creepy as him slinking up behind Thatcher, up on it, all the way up on his shoulders, and looking down at oh, him like yeah. that. I actually, I went, like oh the, God, the no! <laughs> backed away from the TV. <laughs> Yeah, the lizard face. Uh, um, let's talk about my favorite segment okay. of the show. And I think we can all guess what that's going to be. Mm, this is one of the Keith ones Lee. that gets a big Keith thumbs Lee. up. Yes. If, if you did not give this a big thumbs up, Nick, I would have to question everything you ever said ever from sure. now on. This was... <sighs> Last week, Karrion Cross beats up Dijak in front of Keith Lee and Dijak says, no, it's on me. Let, like, I, let me take it. Don't save me. So Keith Lee's been pissed off and Keith Lee comes out this week pissed off. No posing, no smiling, gets right into the ring, gets a microphone and basically says, all right, Cross, you got my attention. You pissed me off. You've been out here doing some bullshit Close yeah. enough. <laughs> and uh, all this extra, all this extra <laughs> bullshit. There it is. Uh, that's, I want to, I want to have a match with you now. Like, you want a match, you got a match. Oh, you'll get it. And a in match. the middle of, oh, yeah. So he's pissed off. And to hear Keith Lee say stuff like that with this demeanor, with the way he's normally just so like light and bubbly, like he can get serious, but it's mostly he's like a light, bubbly dude. Right. Uh, you know, so it seems like a big old teddy bear. It was scary. Yeah. He, he, was in, he was intimidating as hell. And this is the first time we've seen this side of Keith in WWE. And the fact that he's showing it off is one more mark in the win column for him. It shows he can be a scary dude. It shows he can be intimidating. He's not just, it's not just his size. He can say, he can speak words in a tone and in a delivery that spells ass kicking. And if that wasn't enough, Nick, if that wasn't enough to convince you he could kick ass, Cameron Grimes picked the worst possible time ever to come out of the back, running his mouth and saying, oh, Keith, why'd you give away the North American championship? I didn't have time to beat you for it. Oh, well, Keith. Hey, Keith, you listening to me? Yeah, I saw your boy get beat up last week. Hey, Keith. Hey, Keith. And Keith Lee turns around like a like a cobra and grabs Grimes by the neck doesn't even look at him head down hauls him by his neck over the ropes slams him down in the ring Grimes like kind of like fumbles over to the corner and Keith Lee just kind of just quietly walks to the middle of the ring cracking his neck and then zoom goes right into the corner and and squashes Grimes in the corner um just murders Grimes just murders him just boom so if you didn't believe he was serious, now you know Keith Lee's out to kill people. Cameron Grimes got turned into a plate of etouffee. <laughs> he got he got made into gumbo. But then out comes Scarlet at the top of the ramp to uh, Vanna White, the Titantron, where Karrion Cross's eyeballs show up. And he says, well, Keith, you want a match? Because you can do this the easy way or the hard way. Easy way, give me a match. Hard way, you're not going to like the hard way. Everyone's going to suffer. Keith Lee says, you know what? Give me a match. And whenever you're ready, please, let's do a match. Later on the show, Regal says, you don't make the matches. I make the matches. People have to earn the matches, which. I will not be funny. bullied into championship I will not be bullied matches. Into, rubble, yeah, rubble, rubble. Just funny. The champion wants the match. 
the challenger wants the match. Isn't that how Dijak got a match two weeks? Anyway, neither here nor there. Bottom line is Regal says no. Cross has to earn it. So, in other words, we're getting the hard way. What did you think about Angry Keith? Uh, when he first started talking, I was like, oh, no, is he going to sulk over Dijak? Oh, no, don't do this. Don't don't be <laughs> sad. No, don't be this champ. And then he did bulls. And I went, whoa, okay, hi, you're back. Okay, nice. Now I'm li-. and then just angry, mad the whole time. Mm. Loved it. Ate it up like candy. Just, oh, yes, Keith. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> oh. All of this, all of this was. Fantastic. I actually, I saw the, I saw the clip of him mauling Grimes before I even saw the segment, and I just, I was cackling, I was cackling at how he manhandled him. It was just, it was beautiful. The way Grimes came and out it was, too was perfect, in my opinion. I love. Oh it. yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Did he was was that brilliant or yes. what? He just he nailed, he nailed his part. Everyone's nailing their parts in this. And honestly, what's blowing my mind about this, and it, because a month ago, we said, what are the possibilities of you know, if if Keith Lee faces Adam Cole, wins both belts, doesn't that seem like it would be not enough time to build a Keith Lee carrying cross program for Takeover Thirty? <laughs> no, apparently no. not. They did it in two weeks. They did it in two yeah. weeks, and this is the hottest program they have in NXT. My body is, this is ready. The, this is might be the hottest program on AEW or mm-hmm. NXT in terms of actual fire. Like in terms of, I want to see these two guys beat the crap out of each other. I feel like there's some real heat between the guys. You've built up a great storyline where the two, you believe that the two guys hate each other. And y'all wanted Adam Karen Cole. The <laughs> bastard. Oh God! Believe me, that was a we total redemption moment when I when I saw this this week because I was going, wait, this totally could have been Adam Cole. <laughs> this totally could have been Adam Cole. This is way this better. Is so much better. This is. Sh- so much better. So yeah, but and and kudos to whoever booked this for seeing this as well. Um, whoever booked this, who's seeing this? Whoever did this for NXT? Oh, oh, do you that, work for yeah, NXT? Yeah. Nick, put oh, your hand okay. down. I totally booked this. Uh huh. They because they listen yep. to you. Could they listen? Anyway, yeah. it's hot hot as hell. Over in the women's division, uh, I would say things are not quite as hot as Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. But then again, what is? We did have a really nice women's tag match to open the show. Io. Shirai, your champion, and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Um, hot match, by the way. Io Shirai looked like a million freaking dollars. And Dakota Kai in this looks match. fantastic as well, by the way. She's Holy, finally they, like, the hitting that them, stride. Did you notice, whenever the two of them got into the ring, the temperature rose in the room a little yeah. bit? They have some chemistry. They're going into a feud. I'm there for it. This match showed me those two. Like I know I said before, I don't like seeing a champion and a challenger lock up before they lock up in a match. Um, this is one of the ways that you can do that and not have a straight-up match and a win-loss, a tag match. I can't tell you right? anything that Candice LeRae or Tegan Knox did in this match. I was 100% <laughs> focused on Io Shirai and Dakota Kai yeah. in this entire match. Sure, absolutely. They drew all the attention. Totally, totally true. And it looked like Tegan and, and Candace might be going into a feud of their own, and if they are, fine. But as you said, totally upstaged by Io and, and, uh, and, and Dakota. Um, but that being said, there was a little twist after this. Even though, uh, thanks to an illegal uh, shiniest wizard, Tegan snuck in uh, and put a shiniest wizard on Candace, and then uh, Io came in for the pin. Um, Dakota does not immediately get her title shot at Io. She's got to go through Rhea Ripley. 
to get she's it. Changed her look so again, by the way. Well, she's gone for like the Android 18 look there with the really blonde hair. I don't even know what that for, is. I'm, I'm not even going to pretend. Drag, Dragon Ball Z guys. Okay. Little the, the sides are shaved. Is the only difference. Oh. But it's, it's the it's the where she's like Super Saiyan two. You know. Okay. She's a DBZ fan, man. It's it's relevant. It's like talking anime when we talk about Keith Lee. It's relevant. Um, Wait, Dragon Ball is Z isn't anime. It is, but I'm just saying specific anime versus general anime. I talk about anime with both of them because they're both anime. Would you calm okay. down? Calm down. Uh, Kyle, again, five bucks in the... Su- uh, t- I, gotta, Damn, I almost Kyle. said Super Chat again. We're, got, we're not over there anymore. The tip jar. The tip Kyle jar. in the tip, tip jar, jar, five bucks. Thank you, sir. Keith is going to another level. Makes me so excited for TakeOver, where you can honestly go either way with the result after this promo. Also, shout out to Mr. Grimes on getting that butt whooping like a young Miz. Oh, well said. Oh my, well goodness. said. Yes, very true. <laughs> and selling it like a young Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> he got his ass whooped. Um, so this is interesting. Rhea and Dakota. If Rhea loses, that's another step away from the title and from the prestige that she had at the beginning of the year. If she wins, we don't get Dakota and Io, and what's the point? Um, so obviously, I'm I'm seeing a, a kind of a futz finish here. Yeah. But again, I don't. I I, I know they they, may, they must have long term plans for Rhea to keep putting her in this position. Yeah, I think the Rhea um, introduction, the introduction of Rhea here, muddies things up quite a bit. Like it's it's pretty clear. Like you could send Dakota Kai up after Io Shirai as her next contender. You can, but I think that that does legitimize her more. If she beats Rhea, the problem is what it does to yeah. Rhea. And that's why I think that you might have Raquel Gonzalez get involved, which doesn't really do much for Dakota. So then why have the match in the first yeah. place? Or does it show that Dakota with Raquel can get the job done against a really good opponent? I don't know. It's definitely they're killing time. Yeah. They're killing time. And it's just a dangerous tightrope yeah. with Kyle one, with so another five bucks in the tip jar. Thank you, Dang, sir. son. Thank he you says very a bit much. of Kyle booking from back at Portland may be coming. Uh, watch for Raquel next week, co- costing Rhea and then beginning to feud as old running mates and the friend that left her behind on her rise. So you're Kyle, you're basically saying Rhea uh, Ripley versus Raquel. Well, because they're really good buddies in real right. life. So if they're if they're angling for a feud between the two of them, uh, and they're both powerhouses, I could see that. And that would be a nice little side feud. The ads agree. Put it in my eye holes at the end. I uh, agree. Yeah. You can give me some of that. I agree. Hoss fight. Chick Hoss fight. I'm 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 there, and I know Nick's there because Nick likes mm-hmm. Hoss fights. Um, what was not a Hoss fight was Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. <laughs> the de- the opposite of Hosses. Uh, but my God, and it was crazy. They said they've only had one other singles match, and it was like two years ago, which is kind of crazy. And it's sad that we have to get it now when they're both heels. Um, but yeah, this was a match that just made you tired. Yeah, two watch. years ago, this could have been the faciest of face matches ever. <laughs> like two chicken meat, white meat, baby faces, like absolutely going at each other. And uh, listen, yeah. I'm not, I'm not terribly mad at this, but this is the kind of stuff people have been complaining about NXT: the false finishes and the uh, the overdone uh, moves and things like that, and the kickouts and things. So. Wow, really? So I, I feel like this was this was sort of kind of an example in a in a match of a lot of the things that either people either love or hate about NXT. Uh, one of there those polarizing elements of it. Me personally, yeah. the level of Matt chain wrestling that we got 
out of these two in this match is mwah, it's phenomenal. These two are beautiful to watch. Work oh a match. yeah, so this, no, this was a, this was this was two absolute artists just going out there and being told, "Don't give a pay per view match, give like an average yeah. match." And their average match is just mwah, like you said. It's it was it was very well yep. worked, um, but ultimately you couldn't get too emotionally invested in it because it was two heels. It was two heels trying to prove who's the bigger dick, uh, who's who's a better wrestler of the two dicks, and ultimately it was Johnny Gargano who just out wrestled uh, Roderick Strong, just beat him up a little bit more. Which he needs. He needs to establish himself as being a singles guy who can win singles matches. Roderick Strong, meanwhile, licks his wounds in the back. Um, he's feeling bummed. Adam Cole's feeling bummed because he lost his title. Bobby Fish is Bobby Fish, and he's always just kind of there being fishy. Um, but then who should show up but Kyle O'Reilly to give everyone a pep talk? Kyle O'Reilly's back. He feels apparently safe coming to the, the PC now, now that they're actually testing people and not just taking people's temperatures, WWE. But Kyle's back, and he got everyone fired up. He's like, who are we? We're Undisputed Era. Come on, man. Come on. Yes, we've lost all of our titles, and we're no longer the center of NXT, but we're still the center of NXT. We're Undisputed Era. Guys, come on. So he fires them back up. So this was so the Gargano-Strong match was a great double setup. Yeah. Set up for Johnny Gargano to go and have more of a singles career as a bad guy uh, and for Roderick Strong to be, you know, be down to then have Kyle pick him back up. This all paid dividends when we had a match between the current tag champs. Remember them? Imperium? Remember that they were tag champs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they had a match against Everlose. Excuse me, Everrise. Uh, who, who, which, which, by the way, was a very interesting match. You had Imperium, who were very, very European. It's their gimmick. Um, even though Eichner is, I guess, born in Italy, but not really. I mean, whatever. It's neither here nor there. It's Imperium. And they're facing off against Everrise who are Canadian, and the crowd starts chanting USA. It's an NXT crowd. It's a PC crowd. It, they're, they're stand-ups, and they're chanting USA for a Canadian team. If that's not, I don't know if that was a goof. If they're, take, if they're taking the piss, I don't know what that, what that was. It I of somebody piping in, music, piping in chants. I, no, that seemed legit. I was watching people like say it in the crowd. Oh, my God. <sighs> Neither here nor there. Imperium wins in dominant fashion, but then immediately gets taken out by the entire Undisputed Era afterwards. Okay, what does this mean for Undisputed Era? Are we seeing that they're going to get a resurgence, or are they going to put over Imperium as they kind of fall into the background? I've been predicting all year that we were going to see Adam Cole drop the title and that we were going to see that it was going to be the beginning of the end of the UE, and we were going we to go on a breakup angle uh, to finish out the year. Because I I think some or all of them might be coming up. We've seen teases on, excuse me, on social media about them taunting other main roster superstars and things like that. Could could they be a disruptive force like another Shield, circa twenty thirteen? Maybe, maybe. But I I don't know if Adam Cole is going to go by up by himself and be successful. I don't I don't no. I think the tag team of Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish maybe could, but Bobby's getting up there. So I, I, I'm concerned about where this is going. I do think they need to... to Adam's been doing the, the press circuit. We've all seen the things with Pat McAfee and things like that and the work that's going on with Triple H. And, and they mentioned that. They mentioned that, yep. that whole angle, and which you know just proves to me it's oh, totally, a work. Totally is. Um, already knew it was, but now, now I really yep. am sure. Yeah. <laughs> if they're going to do a video package of it on NXT, it's, yeah, totally, it's totally a work. 
totally. Yeah, I just well, I don't know where they're so, going with it. But uh, well, I guess what I'm predicting is is that I think they're going to break up. Und- Adam Cole's going to drop the titles. It's going to cause strife. Roddy now Roddy couldn't get a win against Gargano. Kyle's having to give pep talks. There's th- bonds are breaking potentially with Undisputed Era, and we might see I don't know a Roderick Strong face turn. You know, getting mad at Adam Cole for talking down to him. Oh, Nick booking never change. I see them being unified. Um, I think that was the whole point of this was the was reunifying Undisputed Era as a force, and then. Yeah, I see them. I, I mean, the, obviously they're gunning for Imperium. I don't know if their hands are tied with that, though, because I think Valter is stuck overseas. And you can't really have an Imperium feud for real without Valter uh, or with Wolf. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I do know that you can have a feud with Mercedes Martinez. Oh, yes, please. Good God. Um, she had a match with Shotzi Blackheart representing the Robert Stone brand for the first time, coming out looking like an absolute final boss. Like, Shotzi's got her fun little entrance, you know, very punk rock. Uh, but then Mercedes Martinez comes out. And Morrow said she, she was very Mortal Kombat. I, she looked like a final damn boss in the, in the getup that she had with the face mask and the music. Very, and, you know, simple lighting. Just the Titan Tron and, a, like, one set of lasers. And that's all it was. It wasn't a big carrying cross entrance. Uh, but she came out looking like a monster, and then worked a match like a monster, and ultimately broke down Shotzi Blackheart and beat her. Straight up beat her. Uh, clean as a whistle. No interference. Just beat Shotzi Blackheart. So they are putting Mercedes Martinez over as a big deal because they've time. been putting Shotzi over as being a big deal. Um, and I feel, yeah, I feel like if they're going to do it, they have to do it now. She's not getting any younger. Well, I mean, Mercedes was in the very and, first May Young Classic, and she's had yeah. she's been in and out of the company. We weren't really sure where she was going to go. So if they're committing to her and she is going to get a program, by God, watch out. We've been watching Mercedes Martinez for a long time, and if she comes in and gets serious, I mean, she could be up there challenging for, for the title in the next few months if they keep this rolling this way. Sure. I mean, I, don't, and, I will and, say that I don't like to finish off this segment. I don't like that they went yeah. over Shotzi Blackheart already. Um, I feel, but sh- again, Shotzi's got more time. Yeah. One loss here is not going to ruin her career. It's not going to ruin anyone's perception of her. I think, if anything, this was that Mercedes needed to be elevated. They did that, and it the way that she was working, the way that she was presented and working in this match, made me wonder if now that Vince has. I'm not going to say ruin Shayna because we haven't proven that yet, but <laughs> he definitely doesn't get Shayna on the main roster, so she's kind of at a dead end. I'm wondering if this is uh, Triple H replacing Shayna with another Shayna, his own little Shayna to play with. Like, now he has another woman who can get in there, look legit, look like a final boss. Um, he doesn't have to give her a two-year reign, but she can be in there being that bully kind of yeah. figure in NXT. Um and it's interesting that they've aligned her with Robert, the Robert Stone brand because that does open up a lot of secondary story possibilities for her beyond just being final boss Mercedes. So that's actually, I think, a great option. Yeah. That was a, gr- a great call all around. Um, and I'm curious to see how that plays out, given that up until now, the Robert Stone brand has been so goofy. I'm wondering if it will m- pull Mercedes to the side of being goofier or pull Robert Stone brand to the side of being more serious. I think the latter. And they'll the meet two. in the middle. And I hope they meet in the middle, and I, that's what I hope as yeah. well. So, yeah, the very, very 
very optimistic, not even skeptically. I'm very optimistic about that one. Um, finally here, Nick, Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas. This was my second thumbs up. I like Swerve Scott. All those other things, all the other, like the good matches and the exciting segments, and you're like, yeah, but the Swerve Scott Jake Atlas mm-hmm. match, it, which was, by the way, it was a badass match. Uh, and it was for the, to, I guess, it, technically the number one. Yeah, whoever's going to go get Escobar. Next. Yeah, face Escobar next. Uh, Swerve beat him in the tournament, so he has a claim. Atlas came really close, so he's got a claim. Um, and I, I saw people online complain about Atlas losing here, which he did, um, but he had a shot. Yeah. Now it's Swerve's turn. He's going to go lose. Like, don't worry. Escobar's going to run through everyone in the cruiserweight division. It's all going to be evened out by the end of this. Um, and at least Swerve's now getting a chance to go and shine, show himself a little bit. So... Yeah, I think that's, that was the right call. I really just want King Cuerno versus Killshot again. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> just going to be honest. I put him back in the mask. More Lucha Underground. Let, yes, let's, let's go. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, Killshot versus King Cuerno. Sans masks. Yeah, sin mascara. Yeah, dude, I'm down. I'm down for that. Um, I, I, even, I don't care what the, where the storyline's going. Just give me that match. Put it in my eye holes, Nick. Yes. Put it in my eye holes. But that's not all that was in my eye holes this week. Oh, no, Nick. We had plenty more in these, in these eye holes. And, of course, to talk about that, we need to go discuss Friday Night Smackdown. Well, somebody let him in. He's back. The Fiend is back. Uh, we, there's a lot to break down here. Um, and I feel like the most apropos way to do this is to start with what was uh, the end of the show, which was a SmackDown Women's Championship match between Nikki Cross yes. and Bailey. The rematch. Uh, a rematch of a rematch. Redux. Electric Boogaloo. Um, yeah. So the <laughs> with Alexa at ringside, Sasha at ringside. Uh, Ian, is there much you want to say about this? Did you ever expect There's Nikki to come over? There's not much to say. No, we talked about this last week. So why have a rematch if Nikki's going to lose yeah. again? There's got to be some sort of, of finish where Alexa turns on her. you got to do something else with it. Otherwise, it's pointless. Guess what? It was pointless. Pointless. Only thing that you established was that Nikki can't beat Bailey. And at the end of the match, she got so frustrated about it, she started crying, pushed Alexa to the ground, and ran off to the back crying. Great. Where are you going with that? <laughs> what you going to do with What you going to do with that? You just made it so that someone can't like. There's no way she can beat her. What's I'm curious. Like you, I don't trust WWE to have the foresight or consistency to create a engaging storyline with this. I hope they do. I hope they have an idea what they're doing with Nikki here, because otherwise I feel like that's just Nikki uh, acting well and you know getting out of this by just being a good performer. I mean, we could um, certainly go down the Nick booking rabbit hole, but I don't know that we've got the time for that on this one. Love of God, love please, God. God. Uh, Nick, oh, Nick God. booking went deep on this one, and I'll save that for oh, another I'm time, sure. maybe a Facebook discussion or something in Discord. But well, I thought I had my booking on it, and and they just I don't think anybody nope. saw nope. coming what actually happened after happened the next. match. So as no, Nikki runs to the back, Alexa Bliss is stood there sullen in the middle of the ring, wondering what just happened. When all of a sudden, everything starts going now it down. Should be noted that, it should be noted that earlier in the show, Bray Wyatt did have a Firefly Funhouse segment. To and, open the show, uh, actually. Yeah, and he, he said, well, it was near the opening of the show, yeah. 
And he said he's been searching the swamp for Braun, can't find him. But even if Braun ever does escape the swamp, a piece of his soul will always stay there. Cute. Um, Lore, yay. But then now the, the, fiend, <laughs> the fiend's out, and uh, is now he's thinking like, man, I want that title back. Um, Braun has something that I want, so I'm coming for Braun. Whenever Braun resurfaces, I'm coming for him. So that, that was the setup. And then as, as Nikki walks away, we have the little logo come up, so we think it's the end of the show. But then, as you say, the lights go down, and when they come back up, the fiend is standing behind poor little Alexa Bliss. Well, to set this up, I believe even further, in the Discord when we were watching live, they, the, the bell rang for Nikki and Bailey, and I went, oh, wow, 15 minutes? They're going to give them fif- proper 15 minutes to finish this off? And then when it was over, I was like, hang on. <laughs> like Nikki's walking up the ramp. There's still four minutes left. What the, are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, I, okay. I know. Oh my God! I didn't see that coming. That was kind of like right. The, you thought you knew. <laughs> you thought you knew them. You thought you knew them. You thought you knew them on this day. Yeah. Um, so it's the fiend is standing behind Alexa. He then kneels down behind her, gets right up in her face. She's cowering. He brings up the hurt hand, starts putting out his two two middle fingers, shows them to her. And then gives her the mandible claw, takes her out, and the lights go out. Uh, nice. Nice. Scary AF, very horror movie. Uh, awesome way to end the show. And definitely a twist I don't think anyone saw coming. I did not see this um, coming. Even, I love it, though. Uh, even with Alexa having a cameo in the Swamp mm-hmm. match, showing that Braun and she still have a connection. There's still like a love interest there, which is... Funny because they've never addressed it. They addressed it that like they they kind of put a little bit of, like I think the two of them put a little bit of like tension when they were doing mixed match right. challenge together. Like they kept putting tension in there and it was kind of a funny thing, but it was ne- it's never been addressed since until now. And I love I I love that aspect of it that they're trusting us as the audience members. They don't have to hit us over the head with it, right? You know, Michael Cole there on the sidelines being like. Alexa Bliss, why is he going for Alexa Bliss? Is it perhaps because she and Braun had a relationship dating back to the Mixed Match Challenge where they had some sort of strange tension? Could that be it? You could do it in one of those throwback video packages and just show highlights of them looking at each other and things like that. They're not even showing that. In the Swamp Match, they showed like flashes of the two of them in Mixed Match Challenge, and they didn't even, like, it wasn't even explicit. You know, uh, they're trusting the audience to know. They need to do that more. That was a fantastic touch to this. But, uh, but the question now is, what is the plan here? What, what are they doing with Alexa and the Fiend? Is the Fiend going to hold her hostage until Braun shows back up to save her? Is he going to turn her evil? Which I think would be the best option for Alexa right now because she's just kind of and there. And Braun and, it seems in, like, and then the Fiend can get his... And that yeah. looked like she and Nikki split up at the end there, maybe. you know, So it gives them a good reason to just split yeah. up the team and move on. Uh, not that they have a deep women's tag division, but, you know... It's fine if they if they can find an uh, an evil Alexa angle. Uh, people were speculating that someone was going to be Sister Abigail at some point. I don't think she's going to be Sister Abigail, but she's going to be evil Alexa. Do you know what she I mean? Could be and I think the that would be for Sister Abigail if they spin that the right way. And Bray might be the sure. one to be able to 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 weave that tale. You know, Abby the witch. Sure. Yeah, unless you know, I I, I still haven't figured out in storyline if Randy burned Sister Abigail or not. 
We Didn't don't. he go in there and like pee on her bones or her grave or something like that in the house? Or, like after the ashes sm- uh, smoldered and everything, he went into the house and defiled her grave or something. I don't remember what it was. He, Katie Victor after he burned uh, the house. Okay. All right. Like, oh, oh, no. no. Randy. Randy. Yeah, no, you dirty, Vic. dirty, right. dirty dog, Randy. Uh, a couple of super Come chats on. I got to get to. Kyle again with the five bucks. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, he says, while I appreciate a captivating end to Bliss and Bray, I'm close to getting sour on the women's writing on SmackDown. This wild good felt like fridging Alexa for Braun and the whole icky sister Abigail objectification. objectification. Hopefully they land the plane. Yeah, and that's kind of in line uh, yeah. with what we were just saying. Pretty yeah. much exactly. Yeah, yeah if, if, it's, if they actually give her something to do. If she's not like a damsel in distress. If they give her something to do, I'll be more interested yeah. in it. Agree. Make her a sure. part of the show. Make her a staple of the Firefly Funhouse. Make her some way that can get Braun out for the she's fiend, a, you yeah. know, an enabler, a proxy. She's a great performer. Let her perform. Don't just have her be like, Braun, Braun, save me. Ah, ah, Braun, ah, come, come save me, big man. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. also, uh, I think that's, I believe it's Marshall. Yeah, rate NC Rage and Cajun 17 with yeah. the $2. Thank you very much, Marshall. Uh, the f- was that for Doug Flutie? Was that, uh, was that Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. <laughs> Come on, bust uh, right. The Fiend segment was one of <sighs> few times the Discord chat didn't know what to say. That's true. I think I even mm. typed in there, well, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> uh, but I ain't mad at it. I'm I'm very intrigued. More Bray, more often. I think it needs to expand beyond what he's done up until now. We've been at this for a year. Let's go to let's let's put let's shift into a higher gear a little bit. We've we've seen a couple, we've seen the Firefly Funhouse match with Cena at WrestleMania a few months ago. Uh, we've seen the Swamp match now with Braun Strowman. Where do we go from here? Do we get this at SummerSlam in three weeks where Alexa Bliss over the course of the next three weeks is somehow the proxy that pulls Braun Strowman back so that the Fiend can get at him? Yes. That's a great story. I love that if they tell it properly. Yeah, I think they, they left themselves some possibilities here. I, I think that's a good twist to this, but it's all depending on where they go. And the same thing with Nikki. Yep. It's all a matter of what comes sure. next. Um, there's a couple other twists on the show, too, I didn't see coming. There was a big twist I did, I did not see coming, and I'm still figuring out where I'm coming down okay. with it. Baron Corbin had a match with Drew Gulak. Why? And I'm happy to say it was a good yeah. match. I'm happy to say they let Drew Gulak look like a badass. They let him look like, I mean, it's someone backstage. I, I know Daniel Bryan was proselytizing for him for a while, but apparently he convinced somebody backstage, hey, go out there and let Drew Gulak look like a, a technical wizard and you can have him lose and it's, it doesn't matter. He'll still look like a badass as opposed to just go out there and job. And that's what they're doing now. They're letting Drew Gulak go out there and look like a badass dude. Even though he didn't win this match, Matt Riddle did try to interfere. He came out to distract Corbin. Uh, Corbin almost got rolled up by Gulak but then hit the end of days, and no one gets up from the end of days. So that was a way, to, I think, to protect Gulak a little yeah. bit. He didn't win the match, but he looked good in the match. And for Drew Gulak, that's a good thing. It's a very good Can thing. Can we also talk about the backstage segment where he said well, that's Chad Gable's name like three or four times? He called him Chad? That's Nick, Nick, we're getting there. Come on, buddy. We're, we're, we're going there right now. Because Matt Riddle came down to the ring to beat up King Corbin after the match was beating him up. And who should come out but Chad Gable? I feel so good to say and that. And he jumped. 
<laughs> he jumped Matt Riddle. I mean, Michael Cole and Corey Gray still calling him that other name, which we don't say on this right. show. But this was because, as you mentioned, Nick, earlier in the show, Chad's in the back. Baron Corbin comes up to him and says, hey, dude, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for all the mean things I've said about you. Uh, you know, it must really suck to be a guy like you who doesn't get the kind of you know, accolades and entrance that a, a barefoot idiot like Matt Riddle gets. And Gable's sitting there going, yeah, 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 I know you're just trying to wind me up so I go get Matt Riddle for you. You've never been my friend. You're kind of a dick. What's with, you know, not using the short jokes anymore. And Baron Corbin calls him by his name, says Chad. Like, no, this is, this is like, this is your opportunity. You can make some money. Uh, you might be able to get some traction. Just throwing it out there, dude. You know, it, it's always good to have a king on your side kind of thing. And we're left with Chad Gable thinking about mm -hmm. it which was interesting. And then obviously he thought about it enough and he beat up Matt Riddle and joined King Corbin. Threw a little money, a little dollar dollar sign out there as he walked away with King Corbin. Chad Gable sells out. Mm. I did not see that twist mm -mm. coming, but you know what? Thank God. Thank God. Oh, thank God they're doing something with him. Thank God they're doing something with him. They put some respect on his name. Now give him his name back. Yes commentary please stop calling him the other thing he's not a cart he's not a character in space jam take the, i'm really hoping basketball gear and get back into his singlet and be a goddamn olympic wrestler again well and may, I, I really hope that this is their way of turning him out of this stupid gimmick that vince foisted on him i really hope that this is i really hope that this is a redemption angle turning him heel will show an edge to him we haven't seen before and he's not just a stooge for for Corbin, which is I think on some level going to yeah. be, but it's going. Let, let's let's stop, pump the brakes, and think for a second. We're going to see Chad Gable in a straight up match against Matt Riddle in an era where they're allowing guys to go out there and have 15, 20 minute matches oh. on SmackDown. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, freaking yes. please. Whoever backstage said, "Hey, what would happen if we had Chad Gable and Matt Riddle fight each other?" I'll give that person a raise, whoever yes. said that. If that's Vince, Vince, give yourself yeah. a raise. On, on us. Uh, yeah. Because hell yes. Hell yes. I also like the little touch of, of Riddle coming out to save Gulak or help Gulak because obviously catch point. But um, yeah, so did not see that coming. Did not see Gable turning heel coming. But I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. That's a great call. Kyle again in the super. So I'm, I'm still going to have to get used to not saying super chats. <laughs> Kyle again in the, the tip, tip jar. jar with five bucks. Thank you, sir. He says, Happy Gable is getting his name back, but I really hate the fact that Gable is turning for the guy who got him called Shorty G in the first place. It's like Miz or Brian aligning with each other. It should not happen. Um, I'll hold out hope on this one. I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I'm... Let's skeptically optimistic. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Is anything better than Shorty G in, yes. in a tank top um, and basketball shorts? Also in the chat right now, can Daniel Bryan book the entire show of SmackDown? Interestingly enough, I did actually read that Daniel Bryan is one of the guys who's helping creative on SmackDown. He's actually there. He's considered part of the creative team on SmackDown. And uh, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> there, it shows because we also had a match, AJ Styles versus Grand Metalik for the IC title. Remember when I said they were letting guys who usually don't get matches chance to go out there and work matches? Grand Metalik hasn't worked a, a singles match this long since the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. Three, three years and people ago. Forget, yeah, people forget that dude was in the finals of that tournament because he's like 
the most underrated guy in WWE. And there's a few of those. Uh, he's, he's amazing. And he got to go out there and work for about 12, 15 minutes with AJ Styles. To open the show. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Open the show. Intercon- I mean, we were actually I, discussing I in the Discord, like, oh, this is opening. This is not the main event. This is opening the show. Are they going to no. do something crazy here? Are they going to swap the title over to Metal League at the beginning of the show? Oh, no. I just I thought we were going to get a good entertaining match. It's exactly what we got. AJ Styles ultimately shows that he is he's just better. Um, smacks down Lindsay Dorado at the end, too. Styles so clash, maybe we'll see. Yep. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll see Lindsay versus AJ, which I would love mm. to see. Throwing some love out to Lindsay here. Um, maybe that's why he's making some new outfits. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, that being said, I like the fact that despite a- uh, AJ's protestations, we're kind of like, he's like, no, I'm not going to defend this every week. Come on, Daniel Bryan, what are you talking about? Earth's flat. Uh, we're actually seem to be getting an Intercontinental Championship open challenge every week from AJ. And we have AJ Styles coming out and working a 10 to 15 minute match with random members of SmackDown every week. I'm freaking happy yep. for it. Done. Sold. Now, here's what's great about this, Nick. I'm looking at the general scene on SmackDown. People who could ultimately end up in a, like a longer-term feud with AJ. Guess who I'm looking at? Big E. That is correct. Because Big E is getting a singles push right now. They make, they're making all kinds of kerfuffle about it, about how Big E's getting a singles push. He actually had a match with The Miz on this show. Uh, and I think a lot of people were wondering what they were going to see from Big E here. Are we going to see a more serious Big E? Are we going to see him go back to Big E Langston, bodyguard Big E? We're going to see, like, what are we going to see? We saw Big E come out just like he was coming out with New Day, only there was just no Kofi and no Xavier. He actually rolled all the way down the ramp. He rolled all the way down the damn ramp. Because he's ridiculous, and, he, and I love it. I'm here for it. Threw his jacket at Corey, got up in the, in the ring corner, and, you know, did his splits in the ring corner, and just sat there with his, with his sack hanging right. out. Uh, until Miz and Morrison came down to the ring. I guess ring. we have to do Big E Dong now. Um, that's a, spe- that's a special twist can. on it, you know. That's, that's a little Hello. too much. That's just that's just too. It's, I mean, it's it's in his name. <laughs> Biggie's uh, Big E. Good Lord, Big Biggie. Biggie's yeah. Biggie. There you go. Yeah. God, God. Uh, some of the damn match. Uh, Big E versus Miz. Went longer than I thought, and unfortunately, it did fall into the WWE trope of big meat castle babyface having to play underdog to a smarmy heel and selling most of the match to have a babyface comeback. Which, as your first singles match as the powerhouse of New Day against The Miz, who's been on a losing streak for months now because that's his purpose as 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 a comedy heel, you shouldn't be having this kind of match against Miz. Well, I don't know. Let me let me riddle you this. You've got a okay. multi-time. If you can really build logic around it, if they would have said something like Miz is a, I think they did actually. Miz is a former multi-time Intercontinental Champion. Hmm. Foreshadowing. Could he be the next one? That's where I'm getting my like. Could he be the next one to go? Oh, sure, absolutely. But I don't think they told that I, story. No, yeah. Well. He's also, I think, probably one of the biggest, most recognizable faces to have a singles uh, career just starting up. They're making a big deal out of it. Um, and I think that, that because they are making a big deal of it, they want to legitimize him somehow. And I yeah. could see him going for and getting the IC yeah. title. I could absolutely see that. And this is a way to start that uh, showcase against Miz. And then maybe again, this comes I back around think, and Miz ends up with the Intercontinental title again by the end of the year. You know, we, we, I, I would have wanted to see more, more Morrison. Inter- I mean, I know Morrison did interfere. I wanted more of it. I wanted it to seem like Big E was dominant 
but Miz and Morrison just were being like he wasn't standing toe to toe with Miz. He was standing toe to toe with Miz in yeah. this, and that seemed weird. Uh, just pointing that out. But but apparently it seems like his new finisher, at least submission finisher, is a standing stretch muffler, Ooh. which looked like he was ripping off Miz's right, leg at the hip. <laughs> That's that, like what yeah. you do with an action figure when you just want to rip its leg off. You know that. Good <laughs> lord. Yep. Looked looked brutal. Great finish. Uh, after Morrison got sent away by the ref, so Biggie does ultimately win the match. And like, yeah, I agree. I think he's probably the guy who's ultimately going to land into a feud with AJ. I think he's the guy that should Agreed. land in a feud with AJ and should win the Intercontinental Title at least before Kofi and Xavier get yep. back. Give him a little something to work yep. with here. And I would love to see a research. So, you know, let's. I, I'm I'm obsessed with getting Miz that Intercontinental record. If that wasn't completely clear, yeah, yeah same. Uh, and, and I, I hope, and I that, hope that, that we back circle around. back to this that we saw last night after he goes and gets it from AJ. Then the next feud becomes, hey, you remember that time you beat me? Yeah, I want a shot at your Intercontinental title. You know, something yep. like that. And we get Miz, Intercontinental heel Miz back that we've been waiting for for the last couple of years. Uh, now. He's got a lot of career left, yeah. so he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get that that uh, record at some point. He he we know he is. He's yeah. gonna. Um, I guess the last question I have about this is his presentation. I know Booker T said Biggie has to change. Biggie has to get more serious. Lose all the goofy New Day crap. And Biggie obviously saw him say that and just went, "Huh? Give give Biggie a chance." Hashtag Give Biggie a chance, Booker. Yeah. I'm gonna stay exactly the way that I am. Uh, even Xavier, I think, posted something on Twitter where, like, someone drinking tea and going, "How about no?" Um, yeah. So Biggie keeping exactly what brought him to the dance in the first place, not listening to anybody else, doing his own thing. We've talked a lot at at length on the show about being a funny character, being a comedy character. How you've got to have the ability to flip that switch off and become serious. Yeah. And Biggie's got a big old switch. Wait a minute, that came out wrong. You know what I mean? Biggie's got a big old. He flipped it in this match, where he went serious. He got serious, yeah. right? You can feel that transition between like, "Hey, I'm Biggie, waka waka waka," and okay, now it's time for you to die. So the fact that he's able to show that dynamic, I think, makes it okay that he can have the goofy stuff. No, still. I, I don't. Do you know I don't what I mean? Think he needs to come back out in the pseudo nation of domination, Biggie Langston look and all of that kind of stuff where he had the black and the, the yellow and red sort of, um, the Africa colors when he had his singlet that he used to wear as Biggie Langston aside, uh, Dolph, right. Lu- Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Ziggler Dolph L- <laughs> was watching some action movies last <laughs> night, guys Watch, watching some Rocky four, no, uh, uh, universal soldier actually. Oh, little little Van Damme. Yes, Van Damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he needs to go back to that. He's too big of a character as part of New Day now. I don't think anybody would recognize going back 10 years to that former role. Let him give... It would be jarring. Would. Give him a chance as, be as who he is right now as a face. Yeah. Um, and let him go up against Miz and let him go up against AJ Styles. And this is gonna, this is going to serve him fine. He's going to be fine. Yeah. It's, again, the wackiness is what brought him to the yep. dance. He's got to keep yep. it. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Booker. Um, another feud that I'm surprised is still going on Sonya and Mandy Rose. Mandy and Otis are talking about their dinner date, which sounds like a weekend at Nick's house. Uh, <laughs> all you can eat barbecue in the back oh, yeah. room. Oh, yeah. A little peach, peach pie at Here's the end. Oh, question. yeah. What's for dessert? What's for dessert? And 
uh, apparently it's Mandy. But uh, Man, then Mandy AC goes to put on her makeup. up in here. It is hot. <laughs> Are you just thinking about well, Mandy? No, That's all no I'm not. No. Um, uh, Mandy's getting ready in the back. She's getting her makeup on. And Sonya Deville attacks her from behind, smears her face with makeup, grabs a pair of scissors, and starts cutting off chunks of her, of her hair. Uh, huge chunks of her hair. Her extension tracks, but yes. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I'm, fill- I'm filling man. in for K-Fabe. JB, right? On. That's what it is. <laughs> Good right. point. Shout out to JB for pointing out every time someone's got a wig or extensions right. on. Um, <laughs> JB out here with more hair than anyone. Except oh, me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, yeah, you've got the face. you got the face. I, I, she's still got you. Right. She's got, well, that woman has an insane head right. of hair. Um, it was actually one of, the, was one of the things she was marketing herself Challenge on. accepted. Yeah. Um, she's cutting off Mandy's hair, leaves her, like, beating the crap out of her, goes to get the razor. She's going to shave her bald. And that's when everyone shows up. Adam Pierce and all the refs show up, save Mandy, who's crying, and she's had her shirt ripped and just makeup all over her face, and the hair is all jangled up. Uh, they chase off Sonia. Are we... Okay, so this, first of all, this was nice and aggressive and physical, and I like that. I've always liked that about their feud. Is this getting long in the tooth, though? Do we need Sonya to move on? I thought we had. Like, we had a couple of great matches with Lacey. We so had uh, other stuff. I mean, just I thought we had moved on from this. Dolph moved on. He's doing other things. Fantastic. And let Otis and Mandy do their thing as the the it couple of, of WWE for the time being. And why, why Sonya circled back to come and attack Mandy again? Was this just a one-off? Are we going to have some revenge angle now where... Mandy has to go get her honor back, and I'm going to beat you, Sonia. I'll show you. Uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw this out there. Hair versus hair match. Someone getting their head shaved. What? No. When was the last time we saw a hair versus hair match? Well, I mean, the Nightmare Collective was doing it on AEW. They were just just shaving heads. No, that was just, yeah, that was more like a straight edge society kind of thing. Like this, I'm talking like a straight hair versus hair match, and I would I could get it back invested in this feud for that only because it would mean a radical change for one of these yep. two. One of these two would have a radical change to their character, and I think that Sonya would look really good with like a, a, a short hair. Yep. It would make her look a lot more edgy and vicious and yep. crazy. Um, so her losing that match would be cool. Um, or if Mandy wanted to do that, that would be very bold of her and would also signal a very different direction for her as well. So that's the one reason why this whole thing, I went, Oh no, not Mandy and Sonya again at first. But then at the end I went, Oh, if we, if they go where it looks like they're going, you have my attention again, because it means we're going to have to have to have a big change happen here. And that has my attention. Real quick, um, Kyle again with the five bucks in the tip jar. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Says I have to ask, given the escalation we have going, to, we're going towards a scorned lover angle with Sonya. Confe- are we? Given the escalation, are we going towards a scorned lover mm. angle with Sonya confessing her feelings to Mandy? There just seems like a deeper issue at play than what she is saying. I I have to I have to hope not because that would really I think, I think that would undermine what they've the, been doing. Single white female, the crazy lesbian friend, like that would. I, I don't think Sonya, as a proponent of LGBTQ rights and perception, uh, would allow that yeah. to happen. I mean, they, they've they've kiboshed angles that she didn't feel was were worthy of 
of that because she didn't want it to be portrayed poorly. And having another like, well, she's lesbian, so she must be crazy thing on, on WWE would be a terrible yeah. idea. So the jilted lover angle, no. Best friend who screwed over her career and she's like a crazy jealous ex-friend and you leave all of the, the sexuality out of it, the, that, that's what they need yeah. to do. That would be the mature thing to do. And if WWE wants to show that it's matured, uh, that's, the, that's the way to take mm -hmm. this. If they do go for the, uh, the jilted lover angle, I'm going to be extremely, extremely disappointed in WWE and in the writers who, who go that direction. And I'll, be, I'll feel really bad for the, for the performers Kyle as well. Kyle also said, I don't think there's been a hair match since Punk versus Ray. There was, I mean, in WWE maybe, there was a, the, the most WWE, recent one I yeah. can remember is the Minoru Suzuki uh, was it Goto? Uh, Goto. Yeah. Suzuki Goto, Goto yeah. in 2017, Which I believe. Is, God, that was a good match, too. And then Suzuki just shaved thought, his own head. <laughs> he shaved his, sat down to shave his own head. Just, Amazing. So good. So good. Starts out with him just hanging up Goto in the corner, choking him out, and then he's just toying with him until Goto comes back. And Oh, such a good match. Anyway, that, yeah, that, I think maybe that's why I'm probably excited for a hair versus hair match. Yeah. <laughs> good, good memories. Um, I get one other question before we get out of here. Why has Otis been kind of forgotten? And and my secondary question to that because we do have to move here. Um, has Otis kind of been forgotten because they want to blindside us and have Otis come in and as Braun's about to get beaten for the championship, have Otis sneak out the win, take the championship off of him, and that way the Fiend is not the title right away. I think an Otis cash in later is. Yeah, you just riddled me. Uh, they're going to want to swap the titles at, at a big four, in my opinion. SummerSlam's coming up, and baby. we've got three weeks to SummerSlam. So if if they're going to – I think Braun is going to drop the oh, title no. at SummerSlam oh, one way or another. By the way, hold on. i got to actually rethink a lot of stuff because they did announce on their quarterly call they're doing SummerSlam, and then I think a week later, maybe even two weeks later, they're like very soon they're doing payback. What? Yeah. And they're not even talking about SummerSlam. Other than the graphic, the static graphic, we're not talking about SummerSlam yet. And there's speculation. Like I, In my opinion, I think they were waiting to get past the earnings call Friday um, before they started announcing stuff. So I think next week we're going to start hearing, is, is it going to be at the PC? Is it going to be on Vince's magic boat that he seems to be looking around for? <laughs> that was just a, a silly rumor, but <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah, payback August thirtieth. That's the next day. That's the, like, is it SummerSlam August 29th? No, it's the week before twenty second. Then okay, I thought it was the 29th. That's weird. Okay, uh, all right. So it's a week away. <laughs> yeah, one week. One week after SummerSlam, payback is happening, and I have to. I have to think that's because of some plan they have with the universal title what i have to think that that's just that's so bizarre wow that's such a bizarre move i mean yeah having, so. having otis cash in to to kind of get rid of the money the bank contract since he's really not carrying it around anyway we didn't even see him carrying it backstage like it's mostly been forgotten about by both wwe and and us which might be the point and have him so cash it in us. and We're either thinking, drop it and the fiend screws him out of it somehow and and gets it for himself I don't know. There's a lot of opportunities here you could do that. I, I don't see Otis hoisting the Universal Championship. No? 
I I'd know. Be, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if that actually hey, happened. I was going to say, it's your yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. A uh, couple more things. So let's get out of here, Nick. Naomi had a match with Lacey again. She beat her this time. Yay. Lacey tried to tie up Naomi's hair again. Didn't work out for her this time. Naomi got away from the woman's right and, uh, and took out Lacey for the win. In a match that I can only describe as Divas era length, and in a feud that doesn't feel much more, it's a pretty tepid feud, Nick. They really dropped They're the ball with Lacey. With, they had it going with her uh, as as. They're Facey dropping Evans. the ball with both these yeah. women. They're dropping the ball with both these women. They're not giving them anything real to do yeah. here. They're fighting over a goddamn karaoke match. Yeah, give both these women yeah. the chance. Um, and then Sheamus said he's done with Hardy. It's like, oh well, you know, Hardy, yeah, Hardy beat me, but I was outnumbered because Jeff's at home in a bar. Um, so he's like, yeah, so Jeff, I'm done with you, but. Everyone else in the, in the SmackDown locker room should be on the lookout. So, ooh. They, once again, they don't know what Not they're going to do with Sheamus. Is what this says to me. Um, it, it, could he be going for Daniel Bryan? Could he be going for Big E, Matt Riddle? Who knows? All I know is I want him to keep his outfit because that Irish bruiser outfit that he has is so much better than anything else he's ever worn in his entire okay. career. I'm here for it. That's the best thing about Sheamus right now is that outfit. And Nick... That is SmackDown. Well, thank you, Sir Ian Dangerous. It is time for us to go wrap up the show in our favorite way, mm. the way that we always yes. wrap things up, and that is with our moment of positivity. Mop. That's right, the moment of positivity, the mop, the moment at the end of the show where we take... All the stuff we've talked about, we put it aside and we say, what was the one thing this week that gave us the warm fuzzies, gave us the happy feelings, put a smile on our face, something positive to tell all of you guys so you all can can feel positive as well. Go back out in the world with a smile on your face and hopefully put a little more positivity out there into the world. What was your moment of positivity for this week, Mr. There are so many options, but I'm going to go with one that we really didn't even mention, much less talk about, and that was Santana telling Jericho that his jacket smelled like cat pee. <laughs> that was, I laughed, like the t- my inner 12-year-old came out, and then Ortiz oh, going, cat God. pee! Just right at the end of that. Simple little things like that pop my inner 12-year-old, and I, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. So, And I know what you're going to pick, so I wasn't going to steal it, but that's that's absolutely mine. Well, why don't you tell me? What am I going to pick? Keith Lee. Okay, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Damn, you're good. I couldn't. I can't help yeah. it. That is just the 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 physicality, like the the physical performance uh, that Keith Lee put on in that segment. I'm I'm still. It's still going in my head. I mean, obviously, I, I, ever since like the whole thing with Dijak and he, and I know that was kind of goofy, over the top uh, <laughs> melodrama. But that's what I'm here for. And Keith, this week, um, just the moment he grabs Cameron Grimes' neck. He doesn't even look at him. He's just looking down. And then he just looks over at him and then tosses him into the ring. It's just, it's the little details to that physicality that makes it feel so badass. If I were a kid watching this, I would be obsessing over this storyline. As an adult, as a grown ass man, I'm obsessing over the storyline. As a kid, I couldn't, I, w- I wouldn't have been able to stop thinking about it. So they're they're nailing it with that angle for me. They're 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 clicking all of my switches, they're pushing all of my buttons. 
that's it's working for me. That's my absolutely my moment of positivity. Very very nice. Thank you, sir Ian Dangerson. Uh, hey guys, how'd the first Twitch experience go? I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Instead of killing the stream like we normally do over on YouTube and starting a new one, we're just gonna put up an intermission banner. I'm gonna play the music. We're gonna take a ten minute break after the song plays and we do our outro and everything. Yep. So don't go anywhere. Stay here on the stream. Enjoy yourselves in chat. Yep. Listen to the music. Go grab a, grab drink. a drink. Use the restroom. Hit the, all hit, of that stuff. Head, come, whatever you gotta do. Right back with the patron mailbag. Right after this but Ooh, make sure yeah. you click the little heart that says follow right under it and that way you'll get notifications anytime we go live right here on twitch we are very mm -hmm. excited about this move we think it's going to grow our viewership and all kinds of good stuff plus we get the opportunity to diversify and still put up content over on youtube as well such as bwo daily so make sure you're subscribed over to the youtube channel as well you can get a link to it by doing exclamation youtube right here in the chat on Twitch, so make sure you do that. The bottle throw a link right back at you. Get into our Discord community. Uh, lots of fun live chats happening over there, including dedicated chat channels for the pay-per-views, such as SummerSlam, the next big four, coming up in a couple, th uh, three weeks, I think it is, three weeks from tomorrow. Uh, we'll be getting there. Uh, we're going to be doing an overhaul in the Discord to so make it a lot more streamlined, a lot more fun and interactive, but I love it the, kind of the way it is right now, too, so I don't want to lose any of that luster. But make sure you get into the Discord, and again, with the bot, you can do exclamation Discord to get a link to it if you're not in there already. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Come find us in the Facebook discussion group. Uh, like our page over there. And last but certainly not least, patrons, love you guys. Thank you guys so much. We're going to do the next show with all of your questions coming up right after this. But if you guys would like to get your questions in, and hey, it's that time. Patron Pickums is back. Robbie RB will be defending. Excuse me. Robbie RB will be defending his WrestleMania Patron Pickums Championship at SummerSlam for the very first time, and it's happening in August. So go ahead and get signed up for at least that $5 tier so that you can participate later in the month uh, and then get <laughs> the rest of the rewards, such as getting your questions in, copies of show notes, and all of that stuff uh, all throughout the month of August. So go ahead and go ahead over to patreon.com slash BWO. Get signed up. That way, when we start doing the Pickums in a couple of weeks and getting staged for that, you're ready to go. Uh, I think that's all I did. I, th I think we're good to go. Wow. First all day right on then. Twitch was a great success. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh, my God! But somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.